This is the lawlessness of the Trump administration. They were lawless. Well, David K. Johnston, we thank you so much for being with us. Twice Pulitzer Prize winning investigative reporter, co-founder of DC Report. He is passing the baton and stepping down from that. Author of The Big Cheat, How Donald Trump Fleeced America and Enriched Himself and His Family, and many more books, including Perfectly Legal, The Covert Campaign to Rig Our Tax System to Benefit the Super Rich and Cheat Everybody Else. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. When I first came to Brookhaven Town, we there was no good music to be heard around. Then one day I turned on the dial. There I found music to make me smile. I waited for a legal ID. The DJ said WUSD. They start each day with the rising sun. Don't ever finish till after day is done. So if you want good music to hear, there's a station in Stony Brook you ought to hear. So if you like the sounds, do take a look. At WUSB Stony Brook. And this is WUSB Sonny Brook. It is exactly 6 o'clock and time once again for another exciting edition of Off the Wall.
a very good evening to everybody. It's, as I said, another Tuesday evening. It's off the wall. Emmanuel over here. Kyle over there. Yonder. What a day. Oh, my goodness. It's still going on. Well, sort of. They, yeah. they just adjourned. Uh, we're talking about, of course, um, the, um, the crazy, historic, um, attempted <laughs> election of um, Speaker of the House down in Washington, D.C., where Republicans have a, um, a 10-member majority. It's not very much. Razor thin, they call it. And they can't seem to agree on who to nominate as their Speaker of the House. And, and, and they can't do anything until they do that. For the first time in a 100 years, this happened in 1923, the first, um, uh, the first vote did not, um, did not resolve the issue. And they had to go to a second vote. And that did not resolve the issue. And they had to go to a third vote. And that did not resolve the issue. So they said, you know what? <laughs> Restaurants are going to close soon. We got to get food, and we'll just do this tomorrow. I don't know what's going to change, but um, yeah, it hasn't happened since 1923. It happened also uh, in the 1800s, where it was something like 150 different uh, votes they had to take, and it took them months before they were able to do anything. Yeah, I heard that it was over a hundred different <laughs> uh, uh, counts. Uh huh. That's a lot of different iterations and attempts to, to settle on something. But it's also a lot of time where they're not getting anything done. I mean, yeah, we used to Congress not getting anything done, but this time they're literally not doing a damn thing. Yeah, it took months. There's probably a lot of travel. They can't even, this is weird, they can't even swear in the new members of Congress. And that includes uh, the, the guy that's representing us now, this uh, leather character, uh, who has, has yet to prove himself. We'll see what, what he does. Um, part of the red wave that... that took over Long Island, but um, I heard him vote today, so um, this is weird, because he hasn't been sworn in, but he's able to vote for the Speaker of the House, so what exactly is he? <laughs> you know, he's not, he's not a sworn-in member of Congress, but yet he's able to vote. It just seems like there's got to be some kind of technicality where more people can vote as well who aren't congressmen. I don't know, they had a bunch of kids there on the floor today for some reason. Let them voice their opinion. I'd like to hear it. Yeah, I was curious if they were taking over in any way. Um, it looked really weird. It, it, it looked strange. But yeah, this is, um, seeing the Republicans in, in complete disarray like this, wow. Um, just sit back, have some popcorn, and just watch it all play out on C-SPAN. I've, I've never, I mean, none of us have ever seen anything like this because it hasn't happened in 100 years. If there's a 110-year-old listener out there somewhere, uh, then maybe you've seen it. Uh, but, um, yeah, there was no C-SPAN back then. It's um, This is history. We say that a lot on this show, but you know what? We've been through a lot of history. <laughs> there's been a lot of history lately. Certainly, in momentous um, beginnings here to the 118th Congress. Oh, good on you. You got the, you got the number right. Um, yeah, I was watching... I assume you got the number right. I don't know the number, but 118 sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, around 118, that's our, our new Congress here, and where all the stuff's going to happen. But that's remarkable. So much is um, is being held up in mm -hmm. the midst of this. And for how long, we don't know. It's it's a, a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of um, political dealings and... I think things are just going to move a little bit more slowly than we think, and, and that may be happening in all ways, uh, as far as leadership changes and so forth. Well, they're not going to move at all. If they can't vote on this, they can't get anything done. You know, it's uh, it's really going to be going to be crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of un unanswered questions, and I think uh, unresolved things that that uh, are rely that rely on um, uh, that are going to make some of that support um, contingent on, on co a little bit more cooperation. I think, you know, it's a pretty strong statement here because uh, there's a fair amount of dis disillusionment mm -hmm. with uh, with who to speak uh, on behalf of this Congress. You know, um, and I do recommend this for people. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure C-SPAN is going to run a repeat of it tonight. It's, it's fascinating to watch. Uh, for instance, the Democrats nominated the Speaker of the House, uh, Hakeem Jeffries from Brooklyn, and uh, it's just incredible, um, the enthusiasm behind him. I mean, he's, he's in the minority uh, by, by, by ten members. Uh, very, very infinitesimal chance that he could become Speaker of the House while not being in the majority. But the enthusiasm, whenever his name is read and somebody casts a vote for him, 
it's just it, it's kind of it's it's kind of heartening to see that to see that kind of uh, of happiness when when you're not in the majority, and um, that sort of unity I think can actually get much accomplished, and I'm, I'm hoping to see more of that. It's too bad there wasn't more of that in the past, but um, I think we've learned a lot. I think a lot has happened. A lot of people I think would like to hear more from him in that role. Like uh, he's been a strong voice, and it it is something that. Um, we we could use uh, to guide through um, the next couple of years and so forth. So, but, yeah, it's just so crazy to hear um, how Republicans characterize people like him or people who are Democrats, calling them far left and socialist and even communist. You know, these people don't know what the far left is. They don't know what the left is. What what um, uh, the, the 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 meek uh, and mild policy changes that Democrats introduce are barely to the left of center. Sometimes they're not even to the left of center. I don't think these Republicans know what a communist is or even what a socialist is. I, they 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 just use these words to try and intimidate people and make them feel like uh, somehow uh, uh, China is taking over. I don't know what it is they 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 expect people to think. But it does work. It works to a, a good degree because people are easily led. And you hear the exact same uh, words coming out of, of, of people's mouths, you know, on the street, in bars and, and things like that. They're hoping for as much disillusionment uh-huh. within our, uh, of our system and of uh, the, their adversaries in, in the Democratic uh, side. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mainly because their own um, – their own uh, uh, side of the aisle is just so mess, messed up, or at least confused about um, where to put support. Mm-hmm. I think that they don't even really know in some cases. But there's some no. firm, firm, um, strong support. You know, people are hanging on to their positions. Just moving around that, that machina- machinations. I don't know how much that's, um, how f- fluid that is. Yeah, yeah. Seems, seems like a really stubborn situation. You know, in addition to um, the fear-mongering, um, a lot of it is just pure nonsense. For instance, there, there's this guy, um, Chip Roy, a representative from Texas. But you rolled your eyes right through your head there. What, uh, Sorry, I've got he, neck pain. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. You can hurt yourself if you do that too much. Um, yeah, Chip Roy, the guy from, from Texas, right? Right wing, you, you, the whole works. Um, I, I found his quote because he gave he gave a, a little bit of a, a, a speech earlier. You look at talking goatee, right? Um, I guess. Um, I I want the leadership to stop the swamp from running over the average American every single day. That's what he said. Now, Chip, if that is your name, that's not what 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 swamps do. They don't run over people. That's a flood. I think is what you're trying to describe. Maybe a tidal wave or something like. Get the analogy right. If you're going to use a stupid analogy like the swamp, you know swamps. You you you, you basically you sink in swamps. Yeah. Could you you could mire in yeah, a swamp? Yeah. You know, like the the everyday American people could be mired. Look at your own slogans. Course. Drain the swamp. You don't drain something that that is is overflowing on you. you it doesn't work. You, you drain something that's already there, and you dry it out. And it's, I mean, come on, the swamp does not run over Americans. That's not how. Well, it could be like a beneficial thing. You wouldn't want to necessarily remove the water in all the cases. Oh, swamps. Okay, if we're going to get into it, swamps like a serve or... a very important purpose in the environment. Uh, they they are a, a key tool against um, uh, climate change, absolutely. Right. They, they sink They're carbon. home to, yeah. the, to so many forms of wildlife, such a variety, but, you know, they not they don't care about that. They, they want to bulldoze over all that, so. Pave it. It figures they would, they would, they would come up with something that is, is one of nature's uh, prizes, as the enemy, yeah, the swamp. So okay, if you can get past a swamp rolling over something in some kind of mechanical way, how about the mall? You know, that, that wouldn't that be a better um, uh, enemy of, of progress and of, of you know good things? I know people have jobs in malls, but come on, have you been to a mall lately? A lot they're, of them are haunted. They're depressing. Yeah, a lot of them are empty. What is it, the Sunrise Mall right here on Long Island? If you go there. Uh, odds are you might not get out. It's it's really spooky, but that's happening to malls all over the place because of you know what Amazon and 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 all the online activity. 
honestly, I'm not really mourning the loss of malls. I do mourn things like the loss of bookstores and um, um, other other um, uh, places that people congregated and and you know socialized and things like that. Malls. I know people did that, but it was always kind of um, plastic and unpleasant. If if we can go back to a stage where, you know, there was a main street and stores and shopkeepers and, and people going back and forth, and I think, you know, there is a chance we can head back in that direction, that's a good thing. I never liked malls, so I'm not really I'm not really mourning they're disappearing. Or, you know, big box stores disappearing. Or like independent not not in the way like an independent uh coffee shop mm-hmm. like that you you would more or a bakery. A bakery that is like uh Established, been yeah. been in the neighborhood forever. Well, do bakeries are they closing down? Because I mean, you don't get a cake from Amazon, right? Like big, and there's big, no there's no Home Depot of bakeries. Like big bread. Yeah, big, big bread comes through. I don't know, but whenever possible, folks, please support local businesses, people that aren't part of some mega chain, people who recognize you when you come through the door. That that is the prize. That's what it's all about. I don't know how I got into this. We're talking about about Chip Roy not not being able to figure out what a swamp is, um, but um, yeah, there's, there's there's positivity and there's negativity as well. You know what I think they should do? I think they should nominate George Santos as the Speaker of the House. That would send a message. What? I, I don't know what message it would send, but it would definitely send them. Well, it would send a message about just how screwed up the Republicans are right now. He's he's down there. That guy gets to cast a vote. Yeah, he's like waddling around trying to like get familiar with the place. Why do you say waddling? Is he? I don't know. Is he like a just, duck or something? He seemed like some kind of yeah, just uh, out of place. Well, he got lost. Duck out of water? Is that a... I have a story here. Hang on. A story from the New York Times. Uh, When Representative-elect George Santos takes a seat in Congress on Tuesday, which didn't happen... Well, actually, did he take a seat? I mean, if he he voted, he must have been sitting down, but he wasn't sworn in. So I'm really... And I've been looking for information about this. You know, asking Google, can, can a new congressman vote before he's or she is sworn in? And I'm just getting... You know, ads for cars and things in response to that. Just this vote, maybe, right? I don't know. I don't see where it's written anywhere. If someone can help me with this, please. You know, I'd like to know. Uh, anyway, uh, when he when he takes his seat in Congress on Tuesday, he will do so under the shadow of active investigations by federal and local prosecutors into potential criminal activity during his two congressional campaigns. But here's the thing, and this is something that just happened uh, yesterday, I believe. Um, Remember, there was a um, um, a question as to whether or not, uh, in addition to all the lies, in addition to all the falsehoods and and, and fiction that he's been peddling, um, he supposedly had some legal problems in Brazil, and um, he said, "No, that's 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 false. That's fake. That didn't happen." And so, you know, most of the media has been pretty much, for some reason, taking him for uh, at his word on that. And saying, okay, well, then there's no legal case in Brazil. Brazil just yesterday said, uh-uh, now that we know where he is, because we couldn't find him, we're going to basically revive those um, uh, those charges against him. It's a fraud case. <laughs> what a surprise. Against George Santos from, uh, from it, when he was in Brazil. Apparently he was passing bad checks or stole checks or something like that. Uh, alleged to have. Uh, it's, uh, it stemmed from an incident in 2008 regarding a stolen checkbook. Uh, and it, again, had been suspended for the better part of a decade because the police were unable to locate him. Well, he ran for Congress and won, so they were able to figure out where he was, and now they are basically reinstating those charges. You know, like I said on Twitter yesterday, game, set, match, how do you get past this? <laughs> now there's criminal charges against you, in addition to all the lies and falsehoods and, and, and absurdity. Um, how does this guy stay in Congress? The thing is, Unlike, you know, if if you go to a job interview and you lied like that, <laughs> you really think you're entitled to the job? And if you got the job, would you be able to keep the job after it all came to light? In Congress, the answer is yes. They don't have a means to get rid of him. Well, they do, but they don't have the guts to actually implement it. So they all have to vote against and vote him out. This to, this to guy, yeah, this this guy is is uh, basically going to take his seat. Expel. And and uh, whichever, whatever you know, verb you want to use, um, he's going to be able to keep. But but you know, if he gets arrested by Brazil, I think maybe that's that's the answer. Brazil can help save our democracy, which uh, is great. You know, 
more the merrier. Um, but yeah, today he got lost. He was um, trying to find his office, and and all the the press people were yelling questions at him, and he was ignoring them. But then he he went down a dead end. There was no way out. He had to turn around and pass all the press people to to figure out where he was going, which is you know a standard mistake of a, a rookie congressperson, absolutely. But in this particular case, it was it was particularly biting, especially when you're trying to avoid talking to the press. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like pretending you're on your phone and that whole, I'm so busy. You haven't even figured out the building yet. You're not that busy. <laughs> we want to talk to you about why you're here. You seem lost. We'd like to help you find the exit, that kind of thing. You know, at least have a couple minutes uh, mm-hmm. feeling what it's like when when you're actually there in, in, in a, a role. I, I didn't mention that, uh, of course, people probably know this, but George Santos was elected on Long Island, uh, part of Nassau, part of Queens, and um, part of um, the shame. (laughs) I consider it really one of the most shameful days in Long Island's history where um, a a, a red tidal wave basically took over, unlike in the rest of the country, fortunately. fortunately. It's maroon. Uh, It's it's disgusting is what it is, because uh, people uh, voted out... um, uh, Prizes like uh, Steve Engelbright, um, uh, state um, uh, state official or state Assemb- elected, yeah, assembly person, and um, you know somebody who uh, has done nothing but good for for decades, but because he was a Democrat, he was uh, replaced with somebody with no experience just because he was a Republican. It's terrible, and and things like this have been happening all around the island because we have fallen victim to uh, this absurdity led by Trump. Um, you know, we'll fix it. We have to fix it, obviously, but um, it's just it's it's embarrassing. But yeah, uh, Santos was a part of that. It just gives you an idea of, um, of 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 how low we have stooped that we will elect somebody and not not really. Open them up to scrutiny at all, and 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 many people say, you know what? Even if this is our reputation now, folks, even if all this information is out there, he's a liar. Never went to the school that he said he did. Never graduated. Never had the job. Um, got money from a suspicious source. Has charges against him in Brazil. Even with all of that, Long Island today would still vote for him. Yeah, that is that is where we are right now. Those are our counties. That's the part of our state. It's embarrassing. We need to fix this. We really do. A lot I, of people feel that way out here. I mean, you're not saying something that a lot of people aren't nodding their heads to right now. Yeah, but you know what? A lot of people didn't show up and vote. It shows you what can happen. A lot of people said, oh, Hochul's got this in the bag, so there's no reason for me to show up. Well, guess what? All the downstream races, um, the people who showed up to vote for the other guy, um, they voted against those people as well, even if there was absolutely no reason to other than the, the political party they represented. So, yeah, you're not showing up. You're not participating. Help ensure that. Yeah. Uh, Anglebright, as an example, lost by uh, well under a 1,000 votes. So this could have easily gone differently if people had taken it more seriously. Fortunately, throughout the rest of the country, people did. You know, it's it's incredible. Georgia <laughs> had a more progressive reaction than Long Island. Um, it's just sad. It really is sad. And I'm going to be bitter about this for quite some time. But um, there are other other battles that we have to uh, have to worry about. It was cool to see um, Senator Warnock swarming. I didn't see that. I saw them. They're doing batches of. I can only watch one C-SPAN at a time. That Mm -hmm. was on C-SPAN two. I was watching the first C-SPAN, but I recorded it, so I'm going to watch it later. So you need to surf, man. Well, the 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 Senate. Okay, so they they've managed to sworn in. What has the Senate been doing today? They just did (laughs) batches of six. I figured they just had a big video screen up watching watching the house. There's this tradition since uh, the Civil War where they sign or uh, swear an oath. Um, to uphold the Constitution, and um, they signed this uh, book, I guess, and um, they didn't do it all at once, so they were doing batches. That was the long and the short of it. They all signed a big book? Yeah, yeah, it's something about basically swearing to honor 
and uphold the Constitution of the United States of America. I don't know. I don't know the details, but okay. there's it's you're supposed to t- you to take it seriously and um where is this book kept? The vice president was there reminding people to take it seriously. I I hope she was. She but, was. But where where is this book stored? I don't know what edition no, they're I'm, on, I'm but not, I'm sure no, Hold on, hold on. I'm not planning a heist, listeners. No, I'm just I'm curious. I'm just learning about this now. I'm I don't think it's questions. the type of book you can just check out and like rifle through. It's uh, kind of like a guest book, but for history. Is it the book they've been using from the very beginning, from day one? No, it looked like they were in the first part of a, a new, like I said, so a, new a new volume book. of oh, okay. it. Yeah, a new um, yeah, series. Where, but do anyway, they, where do they keep the old books? Probably um, with other archival stuff, uh-huh. um, you know, acid-free storage and, and um, uh, low light. Library and, of Congress. I mean, it's right there in the name. Environmental controls. Right? Library you know. of Congress. It's yeah. Congress. So. Yeah, where they put the books and stuff. But that's not the point. Um, they got these these uh, folks in, and um, in the case of Senator Warnock, um, it was just uh, pretty cool just to see that um, finally he's uh, he's there and official. That uh, poor official. guy. He's had to run five election campaigns to get to this point where he actually is going to serve a full term as senator. Right. Oh, my. I don't think anyone's worked so hard. It was just cool. Yeah. This is like some finality to something. And uh, anyway. Okay. Well, that was that was the kind of day. It's uh, not ending. And um, mm-hmm. you uh, you were watching um, Hochul's um, um, acceptance speech. Is that Holy what it is? moly. Yeah. Um, no, it's not an acceptance speech. That's election day. Um it's not state of the state because that's that doesn't happen at that point. There's also an inauguration, inauguration speech. Yeah, yeah okay. state governor um, was uh, um, the ceremony for that uh, swearing in mm-hmm. was um, early this week or uh, just after just after um, the new year on um, Sunday. Right, and um, it was a big deal, and she. Uh, oh no, Sunday or Monday morning gave a, a. I think it was Sunday. I think it was New Year's Day. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah, because it's uh, it's the first of the year, and mm-hmm. um, uh, getting these things right right in in progress. So that's you know for history, and uh, the first female governor sworn in, um, and spoke took took plenty of time to. Um, shine the light on the things that put her there, the people that, that had supported her, um, and talked about, um, where her initiative and, and, um, enthusiasm comes from, where, she, what her story is and what, why that, you know, um, has her, um, in this position and, and, uh, excited to, to lead. So that is also pretty, uh, monumental considering, the um, taking over of the the governorship, and uh, then running running a race uh, uh, against uh, someone who was, as uh, the state of New York decided, not qualified, mm-hmm. and um, and she I think spoke to what what her hopes and what um, what she aspires to for, for the state, and it just it was really powerful because we um we are it sets the tone and we are we're basically um going to have an exciting and um um hopefully opportunity filled future in the state of new york um under her her leadership and just her i just heard the the statement of getting things done and that's her that's her um her main focus and and talking to as many people as possible. So I was just thrilled to see that and and uh, start the year off with that. You know, um, I agree with just about everything you say. Uh, it's inspirational. It's it's good to see. And um, um, as is no secret, I, I supported her enthusiastically uh, when when held next to Lee Zeldin, who was running against her. And I'm happy things turned out uh, the way they did. That said. We also need to turn a critical eye uh, when when it's uh, warranted. And um, there's a story that that really is, um, is is bugging me about something that happened at the end of the year. Again, this doesn't affect um, uh, my support. Uh, I certainly would would vote the same way. But 
I'm also going to point things out when they're wrong. Um, there was legislation to protect unmarked burial sites on Long Island and throughout the state um, for uh, local Native American tribes. And um, she vetoed it. Yeah, on Friday, uh, Hochul, one of her final acts of 2022, before taking office for a full term on Sunday, uh, vetoed the Unmarked Burial Site Protection Act, which passed both state houses last year with near-unanimous support. Uh, the bill would have required developers to cease activity on work sites if human remains were discovered, and a state archaeological um, archaeologist uh, determined whether the remains were of Native American origin. Uh, Harry Wallace is a chief of the Unkachog tribe in Mastic, a longtime advocate for the bill, says that the disgraceful behavior of the state is unconscionable. New York should never permit itself to be labeled a progressive state because that is an outrageous lie. The way they treat human remains in the state is unconscionable. Uh, as part of the legislation, a Native American review committee would have led an effort to um, find descendants or culturally affiliated groups connected to the remains. Those individuals then would have discretion on how to dispose of the remains, including whether they should stay at the development site. Violations of the law, either through failure to report or destroying or selling remains, uh, would have been a misdemeanor. Uh, and, and get this, New York, along with New Jersey and Wyoming, are the only states in the nation that do not provide such protection. In uh, her veto message, Hoko wrote, property owners would have no authority over their own real property and would be forced to accept decisions that impact their property. I recognize the need for a process to address the handling of unearthed human remains in a way that is respectful to uh, lineal descendants or culturally affiliated groups. However, any process addressing the handling of unearthed human remains that also involves the private property of New Yorkers must appropriately protect both interests. This bill, as drafted, does not do so. Um, the uh, the law, supporters said, was crafted to protect not only native burial sites, but also those of African Americans and Revolutionary War veterans who were often buried in mass graves. Former Assemblyman Steve Engelbright, who we mentioned earlier, he's the bill's sponsor. And he said Hochul came down on the side of the landowners. He said, this quest for respect and regard for those who have preceded us is not over. This is an initiative that ultimately has to be resolved. Uh, the bill had the support of the United South and Eastern Tribes, an intertribal organization, and the National Congress of American Indians, which passed a resolution noting that the Unkachog and Shinnecock Nations in Southampton have faced um, difficulties, safeguarding unmarked ancestral burials. On Long Island, a group of 36 activist groups, including the Long Island Progressive Coalition, sent a letter to Hochul last year urging her to sign the measure. Uh, in a joint statement, uh, the Shinnecock Graves Protection Warrior Society and Honor Our Indigenous Ancestors said Hochul vetoed the bill after they rejected unjustified and unpalatable amendments that would have allowed developers to remove human remains after 60 days. This is yet another slap in the face in line with centuries of brutal settler colonialism and violent land theft, the statement said, but we will persevere in our fight to preserve our lands from desecrating developers. We will continue to do what is necessary to protect our sacred burial sites and consecrated remains, which is something we've been doing since long before New York was even a state. Um, and that's not all. That's not all. Uh, Hochul also vetoed a bill that was sponsored by Assemblyman Fred Thiel of uh, Sag Harbor uh, that would have restored the Montaquet tribe's state recognition status. In a 1910 state Supreme Court ruling, Justice Abel Blackmore found the tribe to be disintegrated and absorbed into the mass of citizens, paving the way for a developer's theft of tribal lands, that's according to historians. Uh, Hochul wrote in her veto message that Montaquette supporters have not provided all the necessary documentation to the Department of State. The tribe has more than 1,200 known members, including more than 400 on Long Island. Not a good week for Hochul as far as doing the right thing. And I hope that uh, this is also something that gets corrected in short order. Um, 
Now, I haven't seen reference to this. I've been, I've been researching this story quite a bit. I didn't hear anything yeah, about it. Any it has of not this. been in the media. That's number one. I but, mean, but, where but did number you hear two, about all this? Yeah, number two. Well done. This is, um, uh, this is something, something that, this is a Newsday. Um, but, um, near unanimous support. Okay. So, it seems a no-brainer that the veto will be overridden. I have not seen word one about that prospect. So, again, someone out there, tell me, why isn't this uh, being scheduled uh, for the veto to be overridden? Do the right thing. I mean, you know, occasionally people we support are going to do the wrong thing. And when they do, you know, that we, we, we shouldn't condemn or cancel them. We should correct them. We should override them. Yeah, in what ways are this, is this an opportunity to, do, to go further? Perhaps. Yeah. But get, we don't, it, we, get it right. We don't take it. We don't just sit back and say, oh, we lost again. Or, uh, or worse, say that, uh, yeah, they're just the same as, as, as the other side. Because, no, they're not the same as the other side. They're, they're much better, but they're going down the wrong road. We need, to, we need to turn them around and guide them back to the right road. Yeah, yeah. It's disingenuous to assume that this is like a foregone conclusion and not something that can be um, brought uh, to to the now governor's attention again, mm-hmm. you know, again with, yeah. with uh, some further characterizations and so forth. And this needs to be talked about. This yeah. is, you know, things like this need to be talked about. They should not be um, um, covered up or, or ignored. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, and um, I hope that um, these mistakes are corrected so that we don't... Uh, Looks so embarrassing <laughs> in the eyes of the world. Um, okay, hey, let's focus on something good, because something good did happen last week, and we were a part of it. We went into the city uh, on Thursday to um, be a part of the very first opening of a recreational marijuana dispensary in New York City. The very first one in New York State, actually. Uh, it was down in the village, and it was um, opening up at 4.20 p.m. last Thursday, and we figured, um, hey, why don't we go down to the village, and um, if there's a line, we'll wait on the line and, uh, and, and be a part of history. Well, we actually, we, we passed by the building, which is on Broadway, um, at about, I guess, 1 o'clock or so, and there, were, there was actually a line. There were about maybe 20, 30 people on line, <laughs> and, um, you know, I said, um, there's, there's no way I would wait online for over three hours, you know, just to buy some marijuana legally, uh, or illegally either. <laughs> That's a long time to wait outside. And uh, I looked at you and I said, I'll absolutely do that. Well, yeah, uh, but we didn't. We went up to uh, Grand Central. We wanted to see Grand Central Madison, you know, the new train station that Long Island is going to be using. When, That's when right. The tra- and I thought they said it would be open by the end of the year. They promised. But they lied, because when we went up there, we, we saw that there was um, um, tape that <laughs> prevented you from going down the staircase there. We walked around the rest of the station, and that was kind of neat. Massive station, huge, supposedly the biggest in the world. I still have trouble believing that, but that's what they say. You know, it, the, the biggest station in the world, and all they serve is Metro North at the moment, which is uh, doesn't seem right. But it's it's such an impressive um, uh, building, and it's going to get even more impressive when those lower uh, floors are opened up, and um, more trains, trains from Long Island will go in there. It's going to change basically the way people commute, and um, you know, first time in a hundred years or so that uh, Long Island Railroad has expanded. Well, and you think about the space really finally serving in a full per- in a full way, mm-hmm. and it it's funny because when we were walking through there. Just admiring how much uh, the confluence of people and and uh, stuff going on. I I didn't really explored some of the um, dining options, and um, we just kind of went all over and mm-hmm. down to some of the platforms and tried to see what sections were being worked on. And that y- y- you would stand there, and there'd be a, a tourist or someone looking at like a video, some music video that was shot there. You know, so they're watching something that was, you know, photographed in this very spot where they're standing. Stuff like that was going on, and it's just this uh, uh, um, timeless space that now will have, like, even more functionality for Mm -hmm. the future. Yes, yeah. 
So that that was just brilliant to share in in uh, how much people appreciate it and and what's going to happen in not too short a time. You know, uh, you were looking at history when you go to that place because um, it's been there for so long. It's such a, a grandiose structure, much like the old Penn Station used to be, which was destroyed in the early 60s, and people in New York are still upset about that. Um, this station has been saved and is very, very useful and, and, and functional. Um, but again, it's it's um, it's a terminal. It's it's not really a station. Grand Central Terminal is what it's called because uh, trains go there and they, they go back. They can't keep going through. Uh, up until the LIRR starts running in there, the only direction you could go from Grand Central Station is north. Uh, you couldn't go west, you couldn't go east, you couldn't go south. Uh, but now you'll be able to go east when, when the Long Island Railroad actually connects to it. Um, but again, it's only, it's only served at the moment by Metro North. It used to be Amtrak uh, in the past, uh, but Amtrak has a better connection from Penn Station. I think it could be Amtrak again. I think they could... Um, um, maybe have the Boston route uh, go through there, since since Metro North heads in that direction using those tracks. I don't know. Not my decision. Anyway, it wasn't open uh, for that particular part. We'll have to wait until sometime this month, I guess. There was uh, a lot of uh, signs reassuring that they were working. Mm-hmm. It's just not quite ready yet. They had to do some more um, shakedown testing and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so we wandered around there a little bit, uh, and then we decided, okay, uh, let's head back. Let's head back to uh, uh, where the dispensary will be opening in, in maybe just about an hour or so. Uh, and um, we got off the um, the number six train, Astor Place, um, which is right around the block from where uh, the dispensary is. And uh, it was about, I guess, maybe 3.50 or so. Again, the, the dispensary opened at 4.20. And I, I realized um, as soon as we emerged onto the street, and I saw the line of people there, pretty much where the subway was. Wow, okay, there's a lot of people online now because it's basically gone around three-quarters of the block. So we quickly got on the line, realizing that um, uh, maybe we won't even get in because the place was supposed to close at 7 o'clock, and it's it's not going to open until 4.20. They had a bunch of VIP people that were there throughout the day, taking pictures and doing press conferences and things like that. Uh, but for the actual populace, 420 was the time that the doors would open. So we basically stood online, and um, we just had these amazing interchanges with people that were also standing online. We met this one woman from Brooklyn. Uh, just we were talking to her for a, a long time about uh, everything from technology and just you know natural conversation that you have with people in New York. Uh, we were talking about the old technology and you know, rotary phones and, and just the way people used to communicate and how, you know, things are, are, are really not the same now. We don't value things in the same way. It was, it was like she was a kindred spirit. And we, we, we had this conversation without ever saying that we're affiliated with 2600 or affiliated with, uh, um, the off the hook radio show, um, we just basically had this this, um, this this great exchange of ideas. Yeah, when you're in line like that, you identify with the stranger that you know is right next to you. And we could not have been uh, with uh, kinder people. Just the group around you, you got you got to talking. And there were people sort of partying in line and and making their own fun. And that that was you know everybody would observe different things about the line they were they were getting to. But in this particular case, though, we just randomly wound up standing next to her. I think she was even on the same subway train that came downtown. So, you know, the odds of of speaking to somebody that you you sync with like that are infinitesimal, but in New York City, that is what happens. That's what happens all the time. And eventually, eventually, we did uh, mention, because we said, you know, we're involved in media, and we mentioned that um, uh, we, uh, we we do work for WBAI, uh, and, and, and she was from Brooklyn, which is where the station is. Figured. Yeah. And, and, and her, her eyes widened at WBAI. And we asked, have you heard of them? Oh, yes, of course I've heard of them. And then we mentioned the show that we do, the Off the Hook show. And she was astounded, realizing that she was talking to people from mm-hmm. Off the Hook, a show that she was very much aware of. And that was just so cool that we were able to talk for a couple of hours with somebody um, without any kind of name dropping or uh, resume, uh, uh, you know, exhibiting or anything like that, um, and just realizing, wow, okay, this this is a real conversation that we're having. 
And it's just, it's cool to meet listeners in that way. People who don't know who you are when you're talking to them and then find out who you are <laughs> and realize that, wow, this was a really um, uh, good exchange of ideas. Yeah, a lot of acknowledgement and uh, listening to people's stories and what, what they're up to. And it's so funny that there was a lot of filming of the line, many different types of independent and other media, just always walking and photographing and getting like their uh, obligatory shots. Of I the, did that. I walked all the way around the you block. You got a great shot. Every, you know, just everybody wanted to record this occasion and people would even shout or like, uh, uh, basically, uh, have uh, positive things to say, some basically complimenting, like, you, these are the coolest people in New York, you mm-hmm. know, just just really, like, joyous and and funny. Like, a lot of a good sense of humor uh-huh. was there. Of course, the Housing Works people had um, people that would uh, mind some of the entranceways that were blocking uh, on the other side of the building. Housing Works, by the way, they're the organization running the dispensary, and, and uh, this was another beautiful part of the whole thing. Uh, all the the money they make from this goes into that particular um, uh, endeavor of theirs. And I, I think that's something New York has done a really good job of, is making sure that the people running the dispensaries uh, are, are the right people benefiting from those sales. Yeah, and they're very genuine. I think they were ready, but I don't know if they were ready, ready for exactly that much of a turnout and right. support. You know, people wanted to help, but their um, practical ability to accommodate such a, a rush of people was, you know, it was, you know, daunting, I think, for them. But they, they were in great spirits, giving people a heads up and serving, you know, snacks as much as they could and just making sure the line was, was, um, you know, under control for the most part. Well, it just looks you know, like that people were, were okay and The and line moved happy. very, very slowly. Well, that's fact, there were times where half hour the line didn't move at all because people were in the dispensary taking their damn time, which I would do too, <laughs> you know, and um, I, I couldn't really blame them, but the mood was, was positive all throughout. But occasionally they would send people from the dispensary, uh, as you said, to, to uh, hand out some things, but also to sort of, uh, get us prepared for the possibility that we might not make it in time. One person said, oh, the registers shut down at 7 p.m. We can't even do anything about that. I knew that was not true. I knew that was just fiction, that they would be able to run the registers past then. Uh, but um, I could see what they were doing. Yes. And when I was starting to hear that, I was getting really, really um, nervous because we had spent a lot of time, and like many other New Yorkers, uh, that I was uh, uh, with there, we're all like you know interested in in uh, seeing what what they had to offer, and and we didn't want to leave empty-handed necessarily. You know, a lot of people talking about the quality of mm-hmm. late, and um, that this would be a turning point. So, um, kind of just at least taking a deep breath and seeing, okay, how's this actually going to go down like, right. if there's a cutoff or something. But the flow, yeah, as, as you stated, it was like kind of just gradual, mostly, I mean, not it's not as though they weren't trying. They had like 10 counters. Uh-huh. I mean, and, and yeah. that's, I guess, a little bit of a spoiler because uh, we eventually, um, we were cut off. Yeah. And um, we were walking around um, um, outside of the gate and looking in, you know, seeing how full it was. I think we would go well, and they, shift. They Some had, people... okay, they they had these metal gates that NYPD supplies uh, to to um, to handle the crowds, but they weren't using that until until you rounded the corner onto Broadway and you were within sight of the door, which was on, on the next, you know, on, on the intersection. Um, we were so damn close. We were so close, and then they, they basically... They closed the barrier. They, one of those metal barriers was in front of us. I think we were less than ten people away at that point. I kind of expected that to happen when I uh, when I saw that the line hadn't moved at all uh, for quite a period of time before that, um, with the seven o'clock deadline coming up. Um, but again, you know, we were hanging out as you mentioned with really cool people. Uh, if you ever watched the show Flatbush Misdemeanors, it was like. That crowd, it really was. Uh, all these people from Brooklyn, all these people from around the area, telling stories, having experiences. And you realize these are the guys that cops would um, would target in the past for smoking a joint. And here they are, some of them are like older guys in their 60s, and basically um, um, just being here for this moment of history and just uh, 
just telling their stories, and you just felt this real sense of community. And I said, you know, at that point, even if we don't get in, this was worth it. This was worth it just to hang out, talk to people, meet a listener randomly, and um, and, and just be a, a part of another magical moment in New York City, which I have to say, the mood in New York City has been so incredibly positive. And, and again, I did not see a single cop, other than uh, a few driving by, Nobody was there. There's no police presence. And it was such a peaceful crowd. And I also realized, you know, if we're not going to get in and a bunch of people aren't going to get in because this line was massive, it, it almost met itself around the block. Um, it's not like um, uh, if, if you were giving away alcohol or something, you know, you'd have a riot afterwards if you didn't get what you were waiting in line for. This was a pot crowd, and uh, no matter what happened, they were going to behave. There's no question about that. I, I never doubted that. But I was disappointed. I was disappointed, and as you said, we, we, we stood and we looked in the doorway to see what it looked like for those people who were lucky enough to get in. Um, and, you know, I, I tried, I kind of tried to um, um, weasel my way onto the line because Nobody nobody um, uh, actually told us, you can't go in. We had just heard it said by other people. So I basically kind of started standing on line. It, it turned out I was standing next to the guy that was the last person on line, but who also worked there. Uh, so as soon as I cleared that up and realized, oh, you have authority, okay, well, I'm done then. And you started to pull rank. You yeah, were more, more like... Um, uh, uh, Insistent than I was. I was. Well, I, I was upset, but I was backing away. To, like, all right, I'll follow the rules. I wasn't trying it's to really start. Any, I wasn't trying to start <laughs> conversation. I just wanted clarity because he right, said right. he was the last customer. So, oh, you're the last customer. Okay, I just you need to hear from somebody in authority. He said, I well, I work here. It's like, wait, you work here and you're a customer. <laughs> Basically, it was just a weird way of phrasing it. But as soon as I realized that he had authority and he was, uh, you know, a, a person who worked there, okay, that's it. You know, didn't make it fine. Um, so I was basically standing, just watching the people who were making it, as you were, and as our, our, our friends who we met online were. But then something really interesting started to happen. For some reason that I cannot understand, those metal barricades that link together, you know you know what I'm talking about, the metal barricades that uh, are used for crowd control in the city. Called a bicycle fence? Yeah, you know, they, they have links, they're, they're metal. Um, Towards uh, the, the front of the line, the people who are now guaranteed to get in, they didn't link them. They had, like, space just big enough for a person to get through. So maybe you can describe what happened from that point. Well, all I'm going to say is that this, this um, uh, line was more like a self-organizing um, amoeba of sorts or, you know, something where it would sort of um, break apart and then reform. I don't know how, how to say it, but basically, um, in the interest of crowds, I think parts of the line diminished so that there were less people, and then, let's just say, um, it re reformed with uh, 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 fewer parties uh, interested in going in. So we basically got yanked back into line well, not entirely true, because, as I said, I already had the exchange with the guy, so I, I could not go back into the line no matter what, because he would recognize me and realize that I, uh, you know, thwarted his authority or anything. I didn't want that. Uh, but basically, um, a bunch of us were standing by the curb, but those people that we were uh, standing on line with for hours were a community. So, one by one, somebody would call to one of us and kind of pull us into the line through the gap between those metal barricades. And it was, it was amazing. And I said, Kyle, if, if, if your time comes up on that, you have to go in. You're like, oh, you're I put up a huge you fight. You were reluctant too. to break the rules. And I, I, I get was that. Mr. Rules. I was like, is this really stupid? I was so mad. I was, I was cursing. No, I you were, you were, you were mad. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and rightfully so. I wanted to support this. Yeah. But you know, lines have to end at some point and they had this cutoff, which by the way, went past seven o'clock as I thought it would. Um, but they did eventually call to you and pull you in, and it was, it was just a beautiful thing to see, that they didn't forget you and that you were a part of this magical moment. I explained why I wasn't going to go in. I was going to stay outside. But guess what? While you guys made it inside, 
and, and you were in there for a couple of hours, I think, because there were so many people on lines and things like that. It was it, nobody was complaining, but I wound up talking to another listener who I just happened to be <laughs> happened to be by there, uh, and I had a great time. It was just amazing to see see the exchanges and 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 all the people going by and inquiring what was going on. Meeting meeting such nice people, new friends like that. When when they look at you and say, "Come on," and, and uh-huh. they, I was they were saying, you know. You're with the New Yorkers, you know, that's that kind right. of thing. That's that, right. That, was, that spirit of people, um, old and young, different walks of life, making it happen in this new uh, retail environment that, that Housing Works is figuring out. It was really cool. I was able to help people. They were asking if, if I'd help them with uh, describing what they wanted and how much they wanted to spend. So you almost got hired. We all didn't know what we were walking into. They had a limited selection, and but it, it worked out, and even with the – you know, a rush of people behind you. We got a little bit of time to mm-hmm. to to stand there and just take it in for a moment. And everything that um, we got, it tells you about a different part of the state and different farms and stuff. And oh, you have a whole lot of stuff right there. That's how you find out who's producing and and what's on the literally on the market. These have the the new New York State um, uh, seals and stuff. It's just a moment of pride, I think for what has been a really long time with the um, the health department and the New York Cannabis and Department. And from this point, things really start to change because uh, that was the first dispensary. Uh, more will be opening. Uh, they're they're going to be opening here on Long Island. Uh, Shinnecock will be opening something very soon. The conversation has changed now. It's incredible. And, and you were among the very first people to buy uh, cannabis legally in New York State, the very first few hours. Oh, it was it was amazing. Again, standing there with community members, people with, you know, uh, walking devices. You know, uh, that's that's what it's about. You know, old folks and and again, just your neighbors, um, the coolest people in New York. Quote, coolest people. They truly were. Um, it was a good time, really positive experience, and you know, let's just support implementate implement a healthy implementation of this and and to those of you who are um uh, uh, doubtful or um uh, basically feel this is not a positive thing i invite you to just go to one of those dispensaries and and just witness it for yourself witness the conversations that go on inside there this is, you know i said a couple of years ago as well when it was in other states uh, and you will be amazed i think at just the level of professionalism and um, how uh, uh, customers and and um, uh, people who work there know so much about uh, the, the product uh, and how, how they're using it in a positive way. How it's 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 really a, a beneficial thing for um, for people in society. And um, you know, many towns out on Long Island have opted out. I think that will change over the couple of years uh, ahead of us. Brookhaven is not one of them, and we are in Brookhaven, so we're looking forward to um, visiting the first dispensary that opens in Brookhaven, and we'll keep uh, updating people on this. It's it's really magical, though. It's historic times we're living in, and um, so much history we're witnessing, whether it's uh, the inability of the House Speaker to be nominated or um, uh, or the opening of a dispensary. That's what we talk about here on Off the Wall. Write to us, otw at 2600.com. Uh, we'd love to hear your uh, opinions, feedback, uh, pushback, whatever it is you feel like sending our way. And uh, we, of course, will be back next week talking about more history, which I imagine we'll be experiencing uh, between now and then. So, uh, Kyle, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, good night. And clown time may not be over uh, exactly, but... Um, I feel like sanity might be taking hold. I don't know. We'll see. Stay tuned for Finn. Good night, everybody.